it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. I've been working on a new anti-diet project with a friend and I was talking to some of my clients about it recently, you know, because they're in my inner circle. They were the first to get all of the details and I also asked if they'd be willing to help me with it by sharing their stories with us. We're very close to being ready to launch this new project, so I will be sharing more details about it soon. But today, I wanted to talk specifically about this idea of sharing our weight and food stories, particularly when shame is involved. And I mean, let's be real, shame is always involved when it comes to topics like weight and food, right? I have been doing this work for a very, very long time, and I've worked with a lot of women. And one of the biggest commonalities among them all has been fear and shame. Shame over their struggles with weight and food and fear over ever actually talking about it or anybody finding out. Now, sure, everybody always talks about weight and food. Everyone, all the time. But never from the perspective of really getting you know, into the grit of what the struggle has done to them and their lives. Because we're all ashamed. And I happen to have a little personal experience with that myself. You know, the entire time that I was bulimic and binging, very, very few people knew it. And even less people knew how badly it was really destroying me. Actually, I don't even know if anybody ever knew how bad it was for me at the time. It was always easier to crack self-deprecating jokes than to admit that I was unraveling inside. So I did what most people do, joke about gaining weight or, you know, loving to eat, but never ever would I share the reality of what it was like or even how it started for that matter, because I was so deeply ashamed. The thought of anybody knowing back then terrified me. As I started working with clients as a personal trainer, you know, of course, I'd ask for some of their history with food and dieting before we'd get started. And as they'd begin to, you know, work with me longer and trust me, they'd open up more and more about their struggles. And as they'd open up more and more, I'd open up, you know, more and, um, you know, I'd open up more and more with them because I wanted them to know that they weren't alone. So I'd open up more and more to them about my own struggles, hoping that it would help them stop blaming themselves so much and just feel not so alone and a little better about it, right? In many ways, the time that I spent as a trainer listening to women's stories of literally decades worth of dieting and futile weight loss attempts were what helped me start to recognize that the struggle that I was in wasn't my fault and start breaking free from it all in my own life. They were what helped me start lifting my head out from under the weight of diet culture because they helped me see what it was really doing to us as a whole. It's not making us healthier. It's not even making us skinnier and it's not our fault. And every single time I hear women talk about all of the ways 
that dieting and weight and food obsessions have been negatively impacting their entire lives, not only their mental, physical, and emotional health, but their whole lives. I always think to myself, everybody needs to hear this. This is what we need to be talking about on a large scale. With everything in me, I believe that our collective suffering will end when people stop celebrating weight loss, stop joking about weight gain or not being able to stop eating certain foods or, you know, whatever, and start getting real about how how all of these supposedly healthy rules we're supposed to be following for ourselves and our bodies, what that stuff is actually doing to us. And on top of working towards those more systemic changes that we so desperately need, it is so personally healing and liberating to just start getting real about it. As I was chatting with one client yesterday about sharing her story, she was hesitant to talk publicly about her struggles. And I get that a lot when I ask clients for testimonials for my Cognitive Eating Academy too, right? They're all really happy to share how my work has helped them, but very, very few will ever let me use their real names because we never know, we never want anyone to know the struggle that we're in, right? This one particular client said, this isn't exactly what I want to be known on the internet for. (laughs) And I joked, and why not? Is there something wrong with being known on the internet for this? You know, because of course I am very much known on the internet for this. But then I got serious for a second because I mean, it is serious. If everyone else heard the way that I hear women talk about their experiences with dieting, weight, and food, and what that whole diet and wellness culture has done to their lives, the world would be outraged, and dieting would have been canceled generations ago. The only reason it is still so pervasive is because we allow it with our silence. We've all been blaming ourselves for the struggles, Suffering alone and in silence, hiding behind shame that eats us alive. And make no mistake, shame eats us alive. It disconnects us from ourselves and others. It destroys our self-esteem and makes our self-esteem rather and makes us desperate for feelings of worthiness and chasing external validation for feelings of acceptance. It also makes us significantly more likely to engage in self-destructive behaviors because shame convinces us we are bad, that there's something wrong with us, and we treat ourselves the way that we believe we deserve to be treated. So when we feel shame or we feel like we are bad or unworthy, we treat ourselves accordingly. We do not treat ourselves well. Shame has been connected to depression, anxiety, eating disorders, addiction, and even bullying. And I'm sorry, but F that. I will have none of carrying shame in my own life ever again, not for another second. And thankfully, this client has decided the same thing for herself, and she's going to share her story too. And I wanted to just share with you a little piece from what she had written because she did end up sending it to me yesterday. She said, for the first time, I'm looking beyond a weight loss goal to see what else 
I'm capable of. I'm trying to figure out who I am as a person, not who I will be as a person after I lose weight. She said, I'm making room in my life for things I enjoy now, not when or if I lose weight. I want my daughters to see their mom showing up for herself and for them. Moving away from diet culture is helping me learn how to rely on myself instead of external validation. She said, I'm a work in progress, but I'm doing the work because I'm worthy. Just because. See, like her, I decided I'd rather just be happy, healthy, and like myself. So whatever I had to do to release the shame, I was going to do it. That's one of the reasons why I started sharing my story. And I think that my beautiful client here who has so courageously decided to share hers will tell you it's one of the same reasons that she has decided to share hers as well. And sure, it's normal to feel scared when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and speak our truth. That is scary. But I started doing it anyway because I can't help anybody else if I don't. And because it feels like such a huge F you to shame. And that is one of the most empowering things you will ever do. Sharing my own story felt like I was saying, I refuse to carry the weight of this shame and self-loathing for one more minute. And it helped me begin to release it. And the more that I talked openly about my own struggles, the less shame I was carrying. And the less shame was owning me. Now I can just own my story without allowing it to define who I am or what I think I'm worth. And well, you know, but what, a, what will people think is a common concern that I know a lot of people have. And sure, it's a valid concern if other people's opinions of me matter to me more than my own does. But they don't, at least not anymore, because now the way I see it is this. Nobody could ever think anything worse about me than I thought about myself for most of my life. If I could survive that, if I could survive the most abusive inner dialogue that one can imagine running through my head all day, every day for decades and find my way through learning to change it and actually start loving myself, I can survive anything. What some stranger on the internet might think of me doesn't even make it on my radar. As Teddy Roosevelt so famously said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement 
and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. See, I've been in the arena for most of my life, and I am proud of the ways in which I've survived and managed to come out of it all. Plus, sharing my story allows me to show others they're not alone, and it allows me to give them hope when they see themselves in my story. If one person hears my story and thinks, if she can do it, maybe I can do it too, then sharing my story is worth it. And as Brene Brown says, We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And I don't know about you, but I want to feel love. I want to feed love, not shame. So stay tuned because I'm going to be sharing more about this exciting new project that I have been working on, including more details on how you can become involved and maybe you'll be brave enough to walk away from shame and help us with it by sharing your story too. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.